The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is the main event. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the concrete crypt keeper. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia, now a shirt on our bonfire store, and the Johnny Stamboli to my nunzio. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? Hey, you knew who Johnny Stamboli was, right? I was a relic. Well, yeah, he was a relic, which, of course, is killer spelled backwards. If you didn't know. <laughs> For your information. Uh, I did not know. Like, they did a good job. Because, like, I never, him walking out, I never would have thought, ah, it's Johnny Stamboli, whatever. I mean, I can see it now that I know it. But I didn't know that for, like, the first couple of weeks. And then I saw something about it online. I was like, ah, okay, yeah, I can see that. You forget <laughs> this guy looked like a million bucks. You wonder how Vince McMahon didn't have an orgasm over him. And he's like, mother of God. And, and he wasn't, like, that bad in the ring either. And he had a Star King made event in tan. Like, come on, man. Should bring him back and put him with Tony D. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I wonder if he's still wrestling. I would assume. Yes. Maybe. Perhaps. Hey, anybody out there, if you know, you know, let us know if you can book. Uh, well, I guess he goes by Red Rum last I knew, which, of course, is murder spelled backwards. <laughs> but uh, We're looking for the Johnny Stamboli fan. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that that's well, that not his mother. Well, that was it. Yeah, right. Uh, anybody without the last name Stamboli. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but well, that was another thing, like why I didn't put two and two together, because I'm like, who the hell would have instantly thought of that guy? Like it, it, he was so obscure. Nobody would have been and like, like oh, everything he ever did was like a stereotypical mafia thing. Like all of a sudden what? he's a, a murderer or whatever the hell he was a killer. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> Yeah, some kind of like monster thing. Yeah, like nah, I I didn't piece it together. And I'm like, wow, that's a hell of a 180. So he's like, well, I've tried this mafia gimmick for the past <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know how many like years. It's like that would do. Yeah, right. God dang it, Damn now, it we pal. need to repackage you. No more <laughs> husky Harris. Carter. Yeah, you're no longer gonna be husky Harris. Now you're gonna be uh, that Lance Katie from from Cape Fear. God dang it, pal. It's just crazy enough to work yeah we already did that we already did that no one remembers that yeah right god dang it pal who the, who the hell was that uh, uh dan spivey nobody gives a damn about dan spivey god dang it pal except for the undertaker <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. uh and and i say that as a joke from what i heard uh dan spivey's a really cool dude like everybody I've says he's really nice. nice yeah yeah nice He's bald as a cue ball now, which is weird. You, you ever seen him in person, dude? Bullet. He's like smiling ear to ear, like nonstop. Not that that's a bad thing, but you can just tell he's genuinely happy to be wherever he's at. Yeah, he's just clearly not one of them. Because if you watch his stuff back, he looks like the most miserable asshole on the planet. According to, to huh. Jim Jim Cornette, because I think he talked about that, he was, I think him and others were talking about, said, yeah, he was pretty high strong back in the day. So, I that just was mean on TV, I, he looked like, like, you know, he's pissed off at the world. Yeah, I, I guess he he did take himself Someone very seriously. Someone pissed his ear or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. I guess in WCW he did take himself really seriously and the and all that and and he thought he was bigger well, than he was. You probably should take yourself seriously, otherwise you're gonna be a joke, right? Yeah, right. 
but that was uh, I, I think Cornette was the one that relayed that message. Yeah, it was because I remember the verbiage had to have been him because uh, he said there was a time when he he wouldn't sell for anybody, and they put the uh, oh uh, the the dynamic dudes were in a feud against the skyscrapers. Well, would you? And, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Johnny Ace. Oh, uh, was- hey, Dan. Hey, all your picks for you. <laughs> I feel good in the ring. Oh, that's a pretty sweet mullet you got there. And if there's one thing I know about, it's bleach blonde mullets. Cowabunga, dude. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, Cornette said there was a there was a thing uh, where I, I the dynamic dude, I guess specifically uh, Johnny, went in to complain to I think Oli about it, and he's like, "Yeah, he's not freaking selling for me." Or excuse me, he's not selling for me, boss. I don't know what to do. I even tried oiling his pecs, um, but. Crap! <laughs> but he called Dan in, and and uh, he's talking to him, and I, I think it was Oli, and he said he looked at him, he's like, ah, look, he's like, I'm looking at Johnny, I'm looking at you, I see that maybe two inches difference of height, both about the same weight class ish. He's like, yeah, freaking sell for the guy, and he said Dan Spivey gave him a look like you just fornicated his mother right in front of him. <laughs> yeah, see, that's, that's the bye bye guy. You didn't look at him; he looks just like he's pissed off at the world. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. But then you see my conventions, he's nice as hell. Yep. Yeah, I guess he, they said he became like super mellowed out through the year. By, they said by the time he was um, Wayla Mercy, he just kind of mellowed out. He was, he kind of accepted his spot. And he's like, eh, it is what it is. But, you know, good oh, for him. I mean, went in there and Diesel was the hottest thing in wrestling. Undertaker's still there. No I one's better can. than Bret Hart. So what were you really going to flex? <laughs> well, plus it wasn't like he could come in there and do like, um, he couldn't be another Sid because one, he never had the body like that. Uh, the other thing was he he barely moved. His he knees could, were shot. He couldn't, he couldn't swing a baseball bat. So, yeah, there's that too. Or scissors. Uh, I didn't but, say it, although I did think it. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, but yeah, he could he could barely move. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously today we're covering uh, Great American Bash 2004, and obviously we're putting it off as long as possible because it is what it is. Uh, this is one of the worst events in the history of wrestling. You thought yeah. last week was something. You ain't seen. I, I was going to say it. But <laughs> yeah, you ain't seen nothing yet, man. Uh, well, look, King of the Ring 1994 said, hold my beer. Or, or, well, actually, it was the other way around. This this event told King of the Ring to hold his beer. Because, good God. And it was 10 years apart. Think about that. Yikes, man. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know what else to say. This is a premier company, by the way. This isn't ECW or something. I like how WWE is like, hey, we got something special planned for all you guys. Like, oh, yeah, what's that? They're like, we're bringing back the Great American Bash. Okay, awesome. First time in four years. Cool. They're like, and we're going to do it in the Norfolk Sculpt, which is a a big old-time stomping ground for WCW. I think it housed a few uh, Great American Bash shows. Okay, yeah, great. And Yeah, right. And then they gave them this. Like, hey, remember we promised you good things? Well, ha-ha, swerve, pal. This, uh, yeah, like Vince McMahon. Uh, this week on the podcast, um, Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, Brian Myers had a good point about the Nitro Arena not getting back. Yeah, he said he said uh, history is written in the eye of the winner, and he made he said it looked so bad that nobody wanted that arena. Hard to argue that with this. Yeah, right. Well, and then NXT brings Great American Bash back, and the show is right. generally good. Well, so yeah. there you go. I I don't I don't know. I guess it depends on who's running it. Then again, as we've pointed out, Triple H has a hard on for the NWA, so uh, which is why he's bringing back belts that look like the big gold. So I, that that right there shows you where his mind is. 
he was managed by Ric Flair. Uh, so he brought back war games. I mean, he clearly had a hard on for the NWA, which I, I'm not faulting him for it. At, at times, it was great. But Vince clearly didn't get it, didn't care about it. He was like, let's just slap red, white, and blue all over the place and tons of titties. And kill a man at the end. Yeah, right. What uh, What more could you want? We got the service members in the crowd. We got We got plenty of boobs. We got American flags. And we got death. God dang it, pal. Seems half like a recipe Vin- for great. Half that's Vince Russo. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. I, oh, I just... Uh, we're gonna kill forever. I mean, you can go on yeah. forever. Yeah, go on forever, bro. And, well, I, I would say it's all Vince Russo, because it's like, bro, I can only relate with you, bro, if you're American. If you're not <laughs> American, true. bro, I can't relate with you. <laughs> Even you had the... Kids, well, Japanese people, bro. Bro, we're even going to have the racist white guy beat the Hispanic guy at the end, bro. Spoilers. <laughs> and lots of blood. There's got to be blood, bro. Oh, man. But yeah, this show was something. We'll get into all of it, uh, unfortunately. We have a decent amount of news to get to, and some of it's straight out of uh, TNA because... Thompson. Yeah, that too. Uh, some of it's straight out of TNA because, uh, you know, there's some stuff bro. going on. There's, speaking of Vince Russo, there's some stuff going on around there at this time uh, that we'll get into. But uh, real quick, I do want to. Oh, that doesn't sound reassuring at all. Yeah, well, there's some it, stuff going on that we're going to you know, get into. It's, it's honestly like not. Any, right. Well, it, it's not anything bad, actually. It's, it's all good news for TNA. Some of it's uh, rumor and innuendo, though, that we'll squash. But uh, uh, before we get into all that, though, get into our first break, I do want to tell you all about the sponsor of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day at the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. Spring and summer are just around the corner, so you know when you're out golfing and the sun's beating down and you just want to take your shirt off because of the heat? Well, these polos almost feel like you aren't wearing one at all. That's great for beating the heat, because I don't know about you, but even here in the Midwest, our summers get blazing hot, so you don't want to give up your golfing time because it's just a little too warm outside. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now we're going to dive into our first break. On the other end of this, we're... uh we're going to dive into all the news that is fit to print uh, right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. 
Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's main event marks redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks by god somebody's interrupting the main event marks sit down jr it's just me kyle sullivan aka shaggy von doom your host of here in puckberg on the hockey podcast network i know a hockey show on the main event marks who would have thought this is an invasion angle Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. Do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts? Gimmick and politics free? Well, so do we here at the main event marks. And so do the guys and gals at Coffee Brand Coffee, where they ditch the gimmicks. You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee, as well as K-Cups, and for the non-coffee people... They offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. News and notes time. You cracking anything today? No, a bottle of water too. Yeah, I already cracked my monster earlier, so uh, that's... Uh, uh, you're not going to be hearing no cracks on my end. We're going to be hearing Crack. a zipper on your end, though. So apparently you were doing something. <laughs> I'm playing, uh, I'm setting up my switch. Yeah, that's what you call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we heard a zipper and you said you're taking out your switch. Got it. <laughs> oh, <my> switch. <laughs> oh, good God. Anyway, let's get into all the news and notes. That is correct. <laughs> Shut the f*** up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. And uh, we're actually not going off of Dave today because anything after 2002, I think, I don't really have observer notes on. But I do have uh, around the wrestling world, which, you know, I- I'm going to safely assume a lot of these guys are just copying off of Dave. We give them crap, but, you know. We know the people online worship him and the other quote unquote reporters will take whatever why. he says. Yeah. I don't think God knows why. Nobody knows. No. 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a mystery wrapped in an enigma, Greg. So we we just got to deal with it. But anyway, we're going to be starting off with TNA here. In a recent interview yeah. with his with his own website, Vince Russo was asked if he believes TNA can compete with WWE the way that WCW once did. Uh, you bro, ready? not with me running it, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, bro, not with Dixie Carter owning the thing. Uh, but. He answered by saying, quote, yeah, I really believe that, and I really believe that now more than ever, especially with the Fox deal, bro. He didn't really say bro, but I, I'm, you know, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, you uh, did. Yeah, he probably did. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I didn't believe it. I was a doubter. Just doing the the pay-per-view once a week and have to ask yourself right off the bat, how many people have black boxes? Giggity. Uh, how many people are seeing it for free? Uh, these are the things that you don't know in the pay-per-view industry to make our mark with just pay-per-view. That was really, really, really going to be difficult to do. Now we have a national stage. I think we definitely have the opportunity to give people that alternative end quote. Uh, yeah, more like a landing spot for people who got fired from WWE, but you know, whatever. I'm kind of stuck on pay-per-view a week. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, they they did. I mean, you and I were talking about their their previous model was uh, one one pay per view per week, and it was like so weird. And nobody believed in it. Nobody thought it would it'd be successful. But I'll, I'll give them credit for this. They were able to uh, stay afloat by doing that for what a year, I think, something like oh, that. They did they did it from the beginning, so until two thousand four. Yeah, so two years. That's nuts. Like everybody laughed at that model. And I will say it's not like a sustainable model where it's going to keep you, you know, going and keep you thriving for a long time, but they did do it. So kudos, I guess, but I don't know. I don't think I ever but, watched a single one of those. That's weird. Cause usually I like to watch them. <laughs> now, now a shirt on our bonfire store. Go check that out. But uh, yeah, uh, no, I didn't watch any of them either. And in the future, we're definitely going to review at least one Asylum show. We just have to. But the day with fate. Right. Uh, so FX officials were said to be very impressed with NWA TNA's debut of Impact and have expressed interest in bringing the show to their primetime slots on the network. FX wanting the wrestling show. Tell me another one. Yeah, you you and I were talking about that before. It's like the. The, the uh, they, they kept themselves alive in the wrestling talk for years, and it was always like that. What about Sid? Kind of thing. But it was like, what about FX? Well, what about FX? <laughs> they they always popped up. Rumor had it that they wanted Nitro for a while, uh, and that Nitro might have moved there. Uh, and then it came down to uh, th- then they they were talking multiple times about that they wanted TNA. Wasn't there a rumor one time about maybe SmackDown going there? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So they were always in the refereeing wrestling. And now SmackDown is on Fox. Yeah, right. So the, the parent company. But weird. If it, is FX still a thing or did they change it? Pretty sure it's still a thing, yeah. Okay. I haven't watched cable in years, so I, I don't remember if that channel was still around. And I, I know they've got like at least two or three different FX channels because one is like just FX movies or some crap like that. FXM. That I don't know. Jeff Hardy made a surprise appearance on Impact, and many are wondering what his current relationship is with WWE and if he's truly signed with TNA. 
Well, if he's on their well, show, how is he going to be on the show? He's... I guess it could be a one-off, just a pop rating. Hey, look, Jeff Hardy's here, and he's gone. So I don't know, but yeah, he's there. He's been the there for a while. <laughs> yeah, he's... Oh man, that's effed up. Uh, but <laughs> he's there. He's going to be there for a little while. My uh, TNA is where that whole thing happened, mind you. Yeah. WWE would have never allowed something like that to happen ever. And I know they were like, oh, well, we promised Jeff Hardy and so whatever. And I don't know, according to Eric Bischoff, they were like sitting at the go position and they were like arguing about and talking like, what the hell do we do? And Jeff kind of just got up and stumbled to the ring after that. And like nobody noticed until he was already heading out there. I'm like, how do you not notice that dude that you're talking about right behind you? Get up and walk to the ring. And not even like at a fast pace. He was stumbling. But I think that was his. Was that his second run in TNA? Because I know he was in and out a few times. Yeah, it was the second one. Okay. I think. I think. Might have been third. Maybe. I don't know. Either way. I, I think yeah, it was I the know, second, yeah. Okay. Uh, this one I don't think happens, if I remember correctly. But former NBA star Dennis Rodman will be making a return to wrestling. NWA TNA has announced that. Rodman will be at next week's pay-per-view in Nashville, Tennessee, and will attend the Impact taping. I don't know if that happens. I mean, if he did, I don't think they showed him on camera. Uh, I mean, because you figure something like that, TNA had a a tendency to just hammer things home. Hey, look who was at a show once. I mean... Yeah, they got, like, a no-name linebacker from the Tennessee Titans, and they thought that was a big deal. Yeah, right. Yeah, somebody that, like... It wasn't like, oh, we got Tom Brady to show up at the show. No, you got like this dude. Like, sure, he was probably decent, but nobody's going to remember him. He didn't win the Super Bowl. The only person in history that remembers him is Jim Ross. Oh, yeah, he played for whatever. Oh, when we kicked their ass that year. Yeah. Well, he was a hell of a lineman, I'll tell you what. Oh, God. Anyway. Uh, Ken Shamrock is expected to make his return to NWA TNA next week. Shamrock was the first ever NWA champion within TNA. After losing the title to Ron Killings, he left the promotion. Well, that's... Did I... Oh, I don't have it in my... I don't lineup. know if that happens or not. Nah, that, well, that sets me up for the first one of these of the podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I believe he did not um, come back. I, I don't think he came back until... Oh, crap, what was it? I don't think it? he ever comes back. Well, yeah, he he did under Impact Wrestling. Because remember, he had that feud with Sammy Callahan. Oh, I, I remember hearing about it. I didn't see it. They didn't watch it. He looked like an old-ass man then. I realized he was old, but... Wrestling the guy who lives under the bridge in Cincinnati. <laughs> right. Well, for for a man living under the bridge, he kept himself well-fed, God bless him. Uh, hey, I, this is just what Cornette tells me. Him and Moxie live under the bridge. I don't know. Yeah, right. It, well, and he makes you pay the toll before you can cross. <laughs> uh, I I spoke with a guy one time who who personally knew Sammy Callahan, and uh, I asked him before. I was like, "Well, he got in pretty good shape there for a while, because like when he debuted in wrestling, they called him like Cal- Cannonball Callahan, and he was probably as big as he is now. Uh, he was a big dude, and I was like, he well, he thinned out pretty pretty well there for a while. Like, so he get into a like that when bigger, he went to NXT? Uh, this was way before that, actually. But I was like, uh, did he get into like a really good workout regimen or something? And he was like, 
Uh, he's like, no, he, he changed instead of driving to McDonald's to get his big Mac, he would run up there. So he's Holy like, that's crap. He said, that's the difference. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll take your word for it. But I don't know, he, he was a skinny dude there for years and years. And then, uh, after he went back to TNA after the uh, crap, what was that? Where him and the Chris brothers, OV something, uh, OVE. Ohio versus everyone. Oh yeah, OVE. That's it. Uh, yeah. At, what, after that stuff, then he started ballooning out again. Henry <sighs> Callahan yeah. will always be the guy who lost to a woman for the world title. Yep, a woman. Who, and I'm not trying is... to be sexist about that. Sorry, but in wrestling, this shouldn't happen. No, uh, especially like <laughs> a woman that's like half his size. While on Sports Center on ESPN, Brock Lesnar stated that he wished that he had never gone to WWE. At the time, it was simply a quick way of fame and fortune after college, but now he wishes that he had gone straight to the NFL. Lesnar also denied using steroids yet again. Wish he got straight to the NFL, yeah, because he did so well in the NFL when he was there. Yeah, well, I, I, it sounds like he's blaming WWE for that. It was like, well, if I would have went straight there, I would have had a, a better shot. Like, would you, though? Because I don't think you ever played football. You went, like, all you did was wrestle. So it's just like it's like the same thing with guys who size thinking they can fight. Yeah, it's 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 a stupid thought process here. Like, oh, yeah, if I would have just skipped WWE, you know, the only thing that anybody knows me for, maybe I could have made it big in the NFL. Highly freaking doubtful. You couldn't even make it onto the Vikings. All right. And they weren't exactly a, a Super Bowl contender at that time. Getting into the WWE stuff here, though. WWE creative team member Dominic uh, Pagliaro, Pagliaro yeah, yeah uh, resigned from the company. Two of Kevin Dunn's production guys were also said to have left WWE as well. A high-level employee... Can't see it, but I'm doing the tea thing. <laughs> uh, a high, well, that's why every time, uh, every time some, you know, uh, a, a button doesn't get pushed or gets pushed accidentally, it's always because his teeth got in the way. Wow. But... Uh, a high-level employee who handled travel for WWE has also left. Many backstage are hoping that things work out right with TNA so that they'll have a second option. That was going on right now with AEW, too? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it does give, you know, whether people like it or hate it, it uh, doesn't really matter. On it, it is a second option to which somebody can make a decent living in the wrestling business, so there's that. And they don't have to go to Impact, where I'm sure the paychecks are a small fraction of what they were getting. And obviously, I don't know what AEW would pay their production as opposed to uh, WWE. But they they apparently get uh, pretty big production checks. So, uh, for, from Turner, that is. <sighs> I don't know. But uh, either way, Impact, Impact did hire a few like backstage people. But it was ones like, uh, like Bruce Pritchard I could see. But then they hired ones like that big. I uh, can't remember his name from uh, from he was in like season one of Tough Enough, I think. You know what, who I'm talking about? Uh, I know. I know. I don't know his name. But yeah, but I know what it looks like. Yeah. And apparently there was a, like, according to Bruce Pritchard, there was a thing for a while or, or no, it was the uh, I think it was Eric Bischoff uh, was saying there for a while. They wanted to make that big, like head of production and creative and whatever. And Bischoff was like, look, I don't want the job. Who the hell is this guy? Like why? Why are you going to put him in charge of everything? He's the guy that was on MTV. 
Yeah. Apparently, from what Bischoff says, so, you know, I I guess I should hit... Allegedly! He said... He's good for about 50%, so... Yeah, well, what he, what he was saying was that uh, Big talked to Bischoff about, you know, wanting to have a meeting or whatever, and the meeting consisted of basically Dixie wanted Eric to be in creative and be a bigger part of the company and big was going to be in charge of everything thus being Eric's boss and direct report. And Eric was like, look, I like big, but hell no, like not gonna happen. Cause he said, I don't want to be a part of creative. Uh, and I definitely <laughs> don't want him to be my boss. You can put that in front of anything. You know, if you think about it, but uh, I like him, but, and yeah, that's usually you're out. Oh, yeah. Like, there's like, an old Conan O'Brien sketch where, like, one of his interns said, uh, in the nicest way possible, and Conan said, yeah, you can throw that in front of anything and make it look good. Like, I'd like to murder you in the nicest way possible. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like yeah. this guy, but, you know, screw him. <laughs> like, so, well, somebody, uh, people pointed out, they're like, look, just putting, with all due respect in front of it doesn't make it any better. Well, you're like, you're still being a complete a-hole. So by I saying, with, with all due few respect. Years ago, a few years ago, you said something that just floored me. You said, look, no offense, with all due respect, fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah, right. I don't think that works. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, I've heard um, stuff like that, too. It's like, uh, look, it's like, just because you say no offense doesn't mean it's not offensive. Because like nine out of ten times when you start something with no offense, it's going to be offensive. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, be effed up. Yeah. Staying with it there, uh, WWE is searching for someone to be in charge of storyline continuity and the overall direction of the storylines. The leading well, there's like 100 guys on uh, on Twitter right now that can do it. You know, they're pros. They tell me every Monday and Friday. Yeah, oh, right. Bob is doing this. You know, we make all this money. Million people will be watching. Trillions of people will be watching. Dude, I swear to God, if one more person throws out the line, finish the story, I am going to barf. <laughs> Like, shut the F up, man. What What do you know? Like, looking down, the, like, well, I looked into the future, and it's not as good as they claim it's going to be. Like, shut up. And yet, here you sit broke, and you looked into the future and couldn't fix that, huh? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, I, I looked in the future, and my basement is perfectly fine for me for the rest of my life. Well, it's like those people that, I mean, this is a tad different, but. I looked um, in the future, and they started having bigger bags of Cheetos at Costco, which I'm extremely <laughs> happy about. Exactly. Uh, as an avid buyer of Cheetos, I am satisfied. <laughs> um, but either way, like because I, I shouldn't be joke because I actually love Cheetos, but I do not eat them a lot because they're not that good for you. <laughs> right. But uh, I want to be a published author someday. So I've been watching these things by people who have actually worked in the industry as like uh, like literary agents and whatever and actually got books published and stuff and know what they're talking about. And they give like hints and whatever, like do's and don'ts. And they're like. Don't, you know, if, if you get turned down, don't go crying on the internet claiming that nobody understands your genius and all this other stuff. They're like, nobody's going to sign you after that. So don't be Kanye West. Got it. <laughs> yeah, right. And my, my book is so good. They should replace the Bible with it. Yeah. God. But yeah. It's like, don't, you know, uh, you don't know better than everybody else. It's like, yeah, sure. It, when the storyline wraps up and you're looking hey, you back, my mom a liar? the hell? Tell me I don't know better than everybody else. You call my mother a liar? My mom thinks I'm cool. 
<laughs> but like once the storyline is finished, like that's kind of what this whole podcast does. We're looking back in retrospect and going, well, now that that's done and over with, it sucked. But like, hey, everybody's a great Monday morning quarterback. Yeah, well, there are also some things that you you and I point out that it's like, eh, look good at first, but looking back, eh. And then there are other things that it's like, why? Like, from go, why? Yeah, the end of this show right here. We're about to review. Pretty much, yeah. But, yeah, like, when, when storylines are still going on, like, just give it time. Like, people are so damn impatient. It's not just the, the idiots that I mentioned that will open a book and read the last uh, page, and then they'll start, oh, I know how it is now. Yeah. Well, that's uh, it, it's the same thing I, I see with uh, with television shows that aren't that aren't pro wrestling. People still do that. Well, this is, like it's getting so stupid, and it's like wait till the end of the season, man. Like, good God, you didn't like one or two episodes. Like, get over it. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, I think Telling I got a that. Fanboy to get over it is not ever going to work out for you. Yep. Hey, I was you remember uh, a couple weeks ago, and you said uh, if there's one thing in the world you can tell a woman is to calm down. Oh yeah. So that, this is one thing you could tell a fanboy. It's you know, hey, wait. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's uh, it can never go with, wrong. Uh, I showed you. I replied to somebody on Twitter that posted that picture of Cody sitting in the ring at WrestleMania after he lost, and they're like, "It's been X amount of yeah." And they're like, uh, "Oh, it's been X uh, X amount of days since we witnessed this travesty." And I was like, "Get the f- over it." Like, are you still dwelling about WrestleMania two months later? Like, good God, man. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't think their profit margin got hurt a lot. Right after that mess, they sold for, what, nine billion bucks? Mm-hmm. So, I don't think it hurt them much. But, you know, you know better. By all means. Yep. Well, and, and remember, the bloodline is getting old. Nobody cares about it anymore. Move on. No, uh, just in Puerto Rico... Uh, they were literally cheating. We want Roman, but they don't want him, though, right? No, he's 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 old and stale. Remember that. Just like nobody liked Luger in the '90s or the '80s or ever. Nobody ever liked Luger. Shut up! Don't don't try to argue. Nobody liked him. Same with Sid. At Madison Square Garden, the hardest place to get over in all of wrestling, turned on the top face for Sid in 1996. Go back and Dude, watch if you don't believe me. People <laughs> in Shawn Michaels' hometown. Fist bumped him and cheered him. No one liked him, though. What the hell you're talking about? You're making stuff up. I will say, once that damn bell rang, this is a little bit of a different story, but he wasn't that bad. I maintain that. But not saying wasn't... he was great, but no, he wasn't Necro Butcher, but he wasn't uh he wasn't great. Oh, that's a low bar. That's true. <laughs> the leading candidate at the moment is a former soap opera writer who has no real knowledge of wrestling. <sighs> Go figure. That that tracks. Uh, it is being said that WWE has offered him a two hundred thousand dollar per year deal. Many backstage feel that hiring someone to be in charge of storyline continuity makes no sense since Vince McMahon ends up changing uh, changing his mind constantly on what to do and how to do it. Again, just still what you just said. That tracks. <laughs> yeah, right. God dang it, pal. We need to hire somebody to be in charge. Like, aren't you in charge? Well, God dang it, pal. We need somebody that I can. Uh, make things in charge. <laughs> I'll tell them they're in charge, and then I'll come behind them and fuck them. What the hell? <laughs> he is the genetic uh, jackhammer, so that plays. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I got grapefruit-sized testicles. My man has tiny balls. Good God! 
Uh, have you seen Real his thing, wife? By the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he uh, outkicked his coverage. Yeah, right. I don't know. According to you, you've talked to females who said that the Miz is hot. So, yep. I, oh, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I mean, she outkicked her coverage. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's like uh, an ugly dude or anything, but it's like oh, really he does not look like Cena or Theory. I'll tell you that. But those two, yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, I, it's like all right. It's like he's not Brad Pitt, but whatever. Us, yeah, we what we what did I just say about they're they're looking to hire a soap opera writer who knows nothing about wrestling? Well, here you <laughs> go, man. Uh, speaking of WWE creative, uh, the team remains uncertain of how to end the Kane Lita pregnancy angle. Bro, we're gonna kill the baby, bro. Yeah. Um. The angle has been a major part of Raw over the past few weeks. Oh, many, I thought you were going to say major failure, because I would have bought that, too. Yeah, well, that, too. <laughs> uh, many ideas have been thrown around, but nothing is decided on yet. Until Vince McMahon comes in, what if we just kill it? <laughs> kind of like it's doing our ratings. Yeah, like, this was the most, and look, this is a crowded field, but this is one of the most tasteless pieces of television I have ever scene come out of wwe like before they like did the 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 uh what am i the uh, miscarriage stuff before but the stacy thing it was like oh haha it was a joke it wasn't real she was never pregnant with terry i think that was yeah with with terry they blew it off and ignored it and it's like oh Oh, they they technically it was in between they technically killed it then they oh she was never pregnant it was almost like an in-between there. Wait, with with Terry, they said she was never pregnant? Yeah, that's how it all ended. Oh. And she oh, miscarried. The doctor said, no, I, I examined her. She was never pregnant. So her stomach was just getting rounder for no reason? Tumors, bro. <laughs> God, I hope so. not. That's terrible. Well, yeah, but it's like, good God. Like, I know it's wrestling. Don't use logic. But seriously, man. The hell! I like that, uh, that that episode of Dark Side of the Ring, the UWF one, where Mick uh, Foley said oh, it was convoluted, but it, it's okay because the entire wrestling industry is. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, by the way, I, I will uh, take issue with this with something that that Mick Foley had said before. He he wrote this in his book. He said, "Our oh, wrestling fans have short memories; and they don't remember stuff." Bullshit wrestling fan because like, anybody actually talked to a wrestling fan like like oh you remember I'd rather how- not I have yeah like oh you remember the storyline from 1993 where so and so did the it's like god dang like yeah you remember everything man uh and we have a shirt for that on our bonfire store by the way it's uh walking wrestling encyclopedia in the WWE classic font go check that out sometimes it's not a compliment <laughs> yeah right well we did depends on who's one. saying it, who you're saying it to, and the cadence you're delivering it. <laughs> uh, Rodney Mack is expected to receive a new gimmick once he returns to the Raw roster. Oh, his new, good. His new gimmick is set to be a spinoff of the Junkyard Dog. He, an interesting note about this is that the Junkyard Dog trained both Mack and his wife, Jazz. I am today's years old when I found that out. I actually knew that. I don't know why, but I did know that. I think I heard Jazz say it in an interview. Yeah, I, that's, I mean, cool, uh, but, wow. Ronnie Mac, I don't think ever came back, did he? I think he's he gone forever, bro. 
Yeah, he did the the white boy challenge thing, and then he was gone. I didn't think he was a bad wrestler. I don't. I don't know whether or not he could cut a damn promo without. Uh, ah, but when long. you saddle someone with the uh, you know, the race thing, man, it's just it never works out for anybody, no matter what that color, was, what side you're on. Yeah, that was the whole thing. Uh, people don't remember was first Teddy Long was with Nilo Brown, and he always used to say he's down with the Brown, and then which was a quote unquote play wink wink. <laughs> Yeah, right. And then he got with Rodney Mack when, when Mack debuted, and Mack attacked uh, uh, D'Lo Brown. And uh, if you were, if anybody remembers Teddy Long's theme that we all know and love now, that was actually Rodney Mack's theme, and Teddy just kept it after Rodney left. It was actually so, WrestleMania 16's theme. Really? But with different lyrics. But... Oh, well, yeah, that California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I remember now. Also, they tried to use them to break up the Dudley boys. Really? Yeah. Why is your white brother always telling you to do everything? Oh, my gosh. I I don't remember that. Good grief. Yeah. And it was Chris Nowinski that said that, by the way. So this whole thing is stupid. Chris Nowinski, who is about as white as a snowstorm. (laughs) And about as smart as Albert Einstein, too, might you (laughs) Anybody uh, and the other thing about Rodney Mack is he started doing the what what uh, Teddy Long did uh, dubbed the White Boy Challenge, where he would just challenge any white boy to come face him in the ring. Again, this never works out. Not that it's been done a lot, but when you bring any kind of race in anything, it just puts a stigma on it. I feel like that was Teddy Long's gimmick always, even dating back to the NWA or WCW, whatever. Like, I don't know if Doom was necessarily like a racial thing, but it was like, oh, we have a black tag team. Let's put the black manager with them. <laughs> I, I Twice don't know. in his career, by the way, he was a manager because he had a failed stint as a ref. You realize that? <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> but the thing everybody remembers him for, like, and it's like, oh, I remember Teddy Long is, is his stint as general manager, which I think yeah. he was a, the longest running general manager in WWE history. Oh, easily. Yeah. I will say the last time I saw Teddy Long, uh, he was wearing a, a suit that actually fit. So that, that shocked Rums, the hell out of me. Uh, last week when he did the draft? Mm, that might have been it. I don't remember. Uh, Eric Bischoff was in a suit that looked like he hadn't worn it since he debuted on Raw. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the last last time I saw Teddy Long, I was like, wow. Because he, you remember, he his suits always looked like they were two sizes too big. Yep. <laughs> But he actually got one that fit. And I was like, hey, hey, look at you. Because he is a thin fella. So, I don't know. I don't know why I heard this, this clip with New Jack. He said, Teddy Long reminded him of a, bro- of a brother trying to be a brother. <laughs> God. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Who was it? It was a JBL that said, uh, that, that called him uh, George Jefferson. Well, he walks just like George Jefferson. So He called him yeah, like he George Jefferson wannabe, whatever. <laughs> Uh, JBL, by the way, is good friends with with Teddy Long. Didn't didn't he, or didn't the APA induct him into the Hall of Fame or something like that? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they, they talked they about talked, how cheap he was. Yep, they never paid. Never paid. Yep. They said every time they would look over, like they would they would be pulling up to the to the toll booth, and he'd you know miraculously have just fallen asleep. Dude, Brian Myers recently had a story about Coca Band. It was almost word for word the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> They do not travel with Colt when everyone's splitting toll because that dude's going to be fake sleeping the whole time, not pay anything. Yep. 
Yeah, uh, they they said they they did get him back uh, once though because they made him pay for a big ass bar tab for him. So I got I think top was, six figures. Oh yeah, well, I I think it was because uh, they caught him like cheaping out on something, whatever, and they dragged him into wrestlers court. And Undertaker ruled that he paid for their bar tab, and they said they they made sure they went hard that night. <laughs> so as opposed to any other night. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. It was, uh, hey, a slow night is like mm, you know fifteen beers. Should have got Sorry. Steve Austin and Sandman to join in. That would have really done some damage. Oh, good God. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and and uh, hey, get Seamus to order a few of them Guinness, man. Not only would he put a, <laughs> not only would he knock a few of them back, but uh, Guinness, to anybody who doesn't know, is uh, a little bit more expensive than your typical beer. So I, I feel like the, dar- the darker you go, the more expensive it is. So there's that. And Guinness, you damn near have to chew. Gross. <sighs> Here's a here's another um, uh, gimmick that I would prefer not to remember, but and you're about in, to do. Yeah, <laughs> everyone in the Raw locker room is said to be happy that Nick Dinsmore, aka Eugene, has seen the character take off like it has. Only a few seem concerned that so much time has been put into the character that it may burn out too quickly. <sighs> when they say so much time, what do they mean? Like developing it? Because I don't think there's any time whatsoever. Well, he got a lot of TV time, I think is what they mean. Lord, um, yeah, way too much. He was on TV all the time. You know, I, I know you criticize people like uh, Orange Cassidy getting a lot of TV time. At least, you know, yeah, he's he's a joke, whatever. But it's like, he's not necessarily making fun of anyone. And he can wrestle really good. I mean, Nick Dinsmore could wrestle, but it's just like, his matches weren't anything. Nothing he did meant anything. And he was making fun of... I'm going to, I, because he's not mentally handicapped, I just feel like it's in incredibly bad taste. No. Yeah. You mean I, that wasn't okay to do? Uh, well, yeah, especially when repeatedly every week they would drop the R word about him until I think it was USA Network came down. It was like, quit calling him the R word on TV. Or it wasn't US. They were on uh, TNN at the times or Spike, whatever. Like it was. <laughs> Why does that channel keep having to send down obvious edicts to the wrestling companies, man? <laughs> like, quit calling the special guy the R word on on our network. Uh, and my absolute quit, favorite one. I know you're going to say yeah, it. So. Quit, quit letting the old guy get naked and bleed every week. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> People don't oh, know what man. I'm talking about with that one. It was Ric Flair would like literally like strip down and bleed like a sieve every week on Impact. <laughs> John Moxley had nothing on him, dude. Right? John Moxley looks like a paper cut compared to that fool. <laughs> uh, it now looks as though there is a serious chance that Rikishi may be released by the WWE. With the amount of time that has been side- he has been sidelined with his ankle injury, many feel that he is now just milking the injury. This comes after the request for Rikishi to lose a certain amount of weight, and he only lost a portion of that. Uh, a recurring theme of that family, huh? Right. It's like, uh, did he really get that big? I don't remember seeing seeing him. I've like, wow, I seen clearly. him like, uh, at a wrestling show recently. He looked actually smaller now. Really? Oh, good for him. Although he does wear all black, to be fair. But he doesn't look as big as he used to be. Well, if anybody remembers, like last week we covered uh, King of the Ring 94. He was on that as one half of the Head Shrinkers. He was like half the size of when when he became Rikishi. And he was fairly big then, too. 
But it's like, my thing is just like, how big is too big for Rikishi? Like, I don't remember, like I was going to say, I don't, I don't remember ever seeing him. It was like, wow, he's gotten huge. I, don't know, I did say that when I found out he was the other half of the head shrinkers when he became Rikishi. Man, he got huge. Oh, well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that that definitely. But uh, either way. Uh, and I think he is released here, right? And he shows up in TNA for like a month, if that. Uh, that's way later. It, okay. Yeah, I don't remember. But I believe he was released here because I, don't, I don't, can't remember seeing him ever again. Go on forever, bro. Yeah, well, we hey, we have the the, the World Wide Web at uh, our fingertips here. I can just easily look this up. Uh, 2004. Yeah, he, he left in 04. Okay. So he is released. So there you go. There are rumors going around backstage that Paul Bearer's run with WWE will be ending after the Great American Bash. Yeah, ding, I'm ding, pretty ding. sure that's safe to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Bro, we're going to kill him. He's going to be gone forever, bro. Uh, but either way, uh, this one, I, you probably won't remember who this is. I sure as hell don't. WWE diva Rue De, DeBona. Rue DeBona. Hell of a name. Uh, who hosted Afterburn and made several appearances on Heat, asked for her release after her contract expired. Okay, no, I don't know who that is. How do you ask for release when your contract's expired? Yeah, as for her release after her contract expired. Yeah, I just now noticed the wording of that story. Yeah, it makes no sense. Uh, but this is the first time of the podcast I get to hit. Who? <laughs> I, I did look her up. I don't recognize her, but she is all the way live. So there's that. Oh, hey, boss. See this girl in magazine. She hire her. Yeah. So she I was flipping host, through. The, she can host. She can host after burn. That's what I get every the, night. Yeah, right. So I was I was flipping through the nudie mags. I swear I was only looking for our next hire, and I found this one chick. She's got a great rack. I bet she'd let me oil her pecs. Her pecs are as good as yours, though, boss. <laughs> right. Oh God. Uh, speaking of is though, you're ruining that. <laughs> right. We don't even know if it's true. I just wanted to be so true that he says all that. <laughs> Well, with, you know, the rumors and innuendos going around and why he was released from WWE this last time. I mean, you know, it's kind of safe to assume he said something along those lines. But, well, you know, I, I say that, but... Allegedly! The longest-serving WWE diva, Jacqueline, was released from her contract. The release of Jacqueline has many people puzzled since she was just recently the Cruiserweight Champion and had a pay-per-view appearance against Chavo Jr. And that is a real sentence. Yeah. I don't know why they released this this uh, this woman that was the cruiserweight champion and just faced Chavo Jr. You know, that's that, that was so meaningful and deep. Right. That's why people tuned in. God, look, don't get me wrong. Jacqueline was great, but that might be why they released her, because she was too good for this current slate of women they had in the company. Like, I, right, I don't Jacqueline, think... Can I oil your chocolate picks for you? Good God. She yeah. was like gainfully employed for years, if you think about it. Yeah, Not really having said, done much. She never said no to anything. She's like, You want me to face the men? All right, that's cool. You want me to, you know, get in the ring with women who don't know what the hell they're doing? Sure, I'll do that. You know, I'll even help train them a little bit. Uh, you want me to be a manager? Sure. You want me to literally get my top ripped off and flash the crowd? Sure, I'll do that. Really don't know. There was a, a show over in England where they're not quite so strict on uh, the nudity, and uh, 
Yeah, that was the spot. They ripped her top off and she flashed the crowd. Uh, I'm I'm going to safely assume that is not on Peacock. Giggity. But <laughs> yeah, wow. Anyway, uh, last story I got here. Since Triple H is no longer taking July off as originally planned, he will likely be main eventing Vengeance and SummerSlam. Uh, yes and no. So yeah, so Vengeance was. I want to say it was him and Benoit in the Iron Man match. I think maybe it's just a match. But... Yeah, let's see. Vengeance 2004. Uh, yeah, him and yeah, it was just a regular match for the for the heavyweight title. And then, who who main evented SummerSlam 04? I forget that one. Benoit Orton. Orton and Benoit. Okay, yeah, that's right. Uh, well, hey, Triple H was in a in a marquee match against Eugene. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, <laughs> there's... Guess uh, what? That match sucked. I, no, you take that back. Shut your <laughs> whore mouth. <laughs> Greg, you, Greg, you ignorant slut. Anyway, uh... At the moment, it is expected for a Chris Benoit versus Triple H world title match to headline both pay-per-views. Uh, well, we just covered that, so... <laughs> half and half. <laughs> but, Give me some from Revolution, though. Yeah, well, they, yeah, so they were close. Kane versus Edge will be the other match for ben- for Vengeance. Was that, uh, was that the match of Vengeance, those two? Um... If it was, it happened at two vengeances in a row. I don't remember. Yeah. I know they. I know it's at 05 because that's now in the archives. But no, it's Edge and Orton at Vengeance, oh. and Matt Hardy versus Kane. So, oh yeah, that's yeah. when he's about to get fired, right? I believe so. Yeah, because uh, Summer, SummerSlam 2004. Uh, let's see, Edge took on Batista and Chris Jericho in a triple threat for the IC title. Yeah, yeah so. that was uh, that was the ass backward match where everyone chewed the hell out of uh, Batista and booed Jericho and Edge. They were in Toronto, by the way. Yeah, right. And Kane took on Matt Hardy again in a Death Do Us Part till Death Do Us Part match. So yeah, no, not Edge, Matt Hardy. Uh, it was originally planned. It's this... all stupid, no matter how you say it, dude. So it's okay. That is true. This one kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, it was originally planned for Shawn Michaels to face Kane at SummerSlam, but this match could be delayed due to HBK possibly taking time off or more time off than expected. That's yeah, uh, not gonna happen. For the yeah, for reference, Shawn Michaels was not at SummerSlam at all, so there's that. But why the hell would it be Kane and Shawn Michaels? Not that I wanted more of this current storyline with Kane and Lita and all that crap, but what the f? <laughs> Um, okay. You just don't like good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we've, you know, Shawn Michaels and Kane, you know, that, that has my, my ass in the seat. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> but all right. Anyway, we have covered the news, the notes, the rumors, the innuendos. And I think it's time to get into the event at hand. Uh, <sighs> you ready for this one, man? Oh, no. yeah, neither am I, but here we are. Uh, we're going to get into it. It's WWE Great American Bash 2004 right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. 
We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah we're the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... K-A-S-T yeah, hey, the ending hey, It's alright Good on you yeah. Instagram also At the Broadcast Podcast Remember we don't Spell it with a C We spell it with a K Slowly mate Take it easy Main event marks Are available Wherever you get podcasts And on YouTube Find all of our links On our link tree At linktr.ee Forward slash Main event marks And we're back And we're back I shouldn't be too happy that we're back. We are back. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, this this is good just stuff, so, pal. Just so I know, you watched this, right? You did watch this, correct? Oh, yeah. As soon as I watched because it, Because the like... vibe I'm getting from your tone right now is... <laughs> the vibe I'm getting from your tone is you didn't watch this. You just good crap, happy. pal. Come on. Uh, you, you don't like this? No. Ah. no. Whatever you're going to say, no. Well, it took place on June 27, 2004. The tagline, join our party. Yeah, or right. Uh, whatever this party is, I don't want to be a part of it. Uh, it took place. I never want to go to that party. Yeah, took That's place what Jim Ross Norfolk. to say when Blackman whip out like the kendo sticks and said it's party time. I'll never want to go to that party. <laughs> yeah, if you invite me to this party, I'll be washing my hair that night. Uh, no thanks. Uh, this took place in Norfolk Scope in Norfolk, Virginia, in front of sixty-five hundred fans. That is a lame-ass crowd for WWE pay-per-view, man. This is a lame-ass pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, they clearly saw the card and went, nope. <laughs> uh, but the buy rate was 0.57, which amounted to 230000 buys. Yeah. You're a damn thing great about this, I'll tell you. Yep. Uh, but Tori Wilson, in a sexy Uncle Sam outfit, those words left my mouth, uh, starts the show in the ring and welcomes us to the Great American Bash. This is the high point of the entire show. Just saying that now. I disagree. There's one more thing coming that's better, but <laughs> yeah, I think I know what you're getting at. But either way, may uh, involve her again. Go on. <laughs> uh, John Cena comes out first for his match so he can rap. He's wearing a Michael Vick Virginia Tech jersey. It's not going to age well. Uh, he makes a bunch of gay jokes about almost everybody except RVD, who he makes a weed joke about. He also makes yeah, some joke. yeah joke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised he got that through because, uh, like Bruce Pritchard said, the only reason that Vince allowed um, the Godfather to to say "roll another fatty for this pimp daddy" is because Vince didn't get it. <laughs> like he didn't know what he was talking about. So he's like, talking about a big woman, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Roller and flower. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on. I'll sell more tickets in the garden than Bruno. Good grief. But this is a four-way elimination match for the WWE US title. Goes just shy of 16 minutes. This it's, might be the best match on the card. Not to spoil, but... Uh, it's up there. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorites. But it's John Cena 
defending the title against Rob Van Dam, Rene Dupre, and Booker T. Uh, One of these things is not like the others. (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) Rene Dupree comes out looking like France vomited on him, by the way. There's the one. He's carrying a flag. He's got, like, the French flag for his trunks. He's got a French flag cape. He's walking a poodle. Like, good God. Knows how to piss off America, I'll tell you that. You gotta give him that. Yep. He couldn't get more French unless he was, like, carrying the Mona Lisa in one hand and a baguette in the other. (laughs) But and one of those stupid beret hats. Oh, Don't forget yeah, that. The, yeah, he's got to have the beret hat on and a and a uh, handlebar mustache too. Oh. But RVD ends we, up. I think hitting, we hit every stereotype. We're good. Yeah, we're up there. RVD ends up hitting Booker T and Renee Dupree both with a five star frog splash. Uh, knocks Cena off the top rope. Hits another five star frog splash on Booker T, and then Cena rolls RVD up to eliminate him first. Yeah, because that's the one that needed to go first. Later, he kicks Renee right in the head before he gets an FU from Cena. Booker Yes, it's still the FU. Yes. Booker hits a scissor kick on Cena and pins Renee Dupree to eliminate him. It's down to Cena and Booker. Finally, John Cena blocks a kick from Booker T, hits the FU, and wins. Uncle Dave gave this dose stars. I actually gave it three. I thought it was pretty good. What say you? I, I gave it three as well. Yeah, pretty good match. Uh, John Cena was uh, definitely interesting during this time. I'll say that. Booker was like, I don't know, man, like two shows in a row. I'm like, Booker was there. That's all I could really say. RVD is always good for a good match. And Dupree is uh, mid well, why do you pre-note here is he's the original Daniel Garcia. He kept getting on TV every damn week. Who do you have pictures on? Yeah. Like, who the hell do you have pictures of? Hey, I will say I was uh, 13 or whatever. Like, Dupree had heat with me, man. Like, uh, he first he feuded with Cena, which, you know, made me hate him instantly. Uh, he had residual heat from when he was in uh, uh, La Resistance. And I just, uh, the whole French gimmick and all that stuff, like, Man, I, 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 he was over as a heel with me. I don't know. I don't know about other people. Apparently, uh, you know, he didn't stick around that long. So <laughs> apparently, uh, nobody else felt that way. But backstage, John Cena walks through the hallway and gets congratulated by Charlie Haas and Miss Jackie, looking like a USA cheerleader and all the way live. Uh, Cena flirts with Jackie and walks off. Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle now wheels up to them in his wheelchair. And tells Charlie that he's disappointed in his former protege. He then says that his new protege, Luther Reigns, is better than Charlie, and they'll face off up next. <laughs> yeah. Luther <laughs> Reigns. Last <laughs> well, time I heard he was a uh, bodyguard for porn stars now. Good God. Hey, you know what? Whatever pays the bills, man. Uh, yeah, I, can you imagine that, man? It's like, Kurt Angle with Luther Reigns. Hey, you do your Tazlin commentary, man. He's trying to get him over as hell. Yeah, hey, you know what? People are really guys when you can go. Yeah, go, please, away. Yeah, right. Yeah, he, he looked like, um, like all I could think of was, and I don't know why this name popped in my head right away, probably because they had the same amount of overness, is like Bull Buchanan 2.0. <laughs> with a stupid earring. Yeah, 
I will say, like, he had a good body to him. Like, he looked like he could do well, something. Well, yeah, of course he did. Why do you think he's there? <laughs> That's got to be it. Nobody watched his matches and hired him Damn based it, on pal, that. God dang it, pal. He's, he's vascular. Hey, boss, I can oil his pecs for him. Anyway, I got it in again. Of course, that's good as yours, boss. Speaking of uh, oiling pecs, we now join Sable, who's wearing a USA bikini, sitting in a jacuzzi, saying that she's hosting the Great American Bash from the tub. She then mentions her match coming up with uh, Tori Wilson tonight. So we have that to look forward to. Look, I'd rather you just sit in the tub and shut the F up. Like, I don't need to see your match. <laughs> that's fine. But now we well, have... Well, you know, I hate to see your wrestle, but I love to see your box. Good God. But up next, we got the Who Gives a Shit match of the night. It's Charlie oh, Haas. No, hold on. Don't, be, don't just be using that so quickly. There's one hey. more that's a bigger, way bigger one. You know what it is. That is correct. <laughs> but this is one of two. But it's Charlie Haas with Miss Jackie. At least we get to look at her. Uh, taking on Luther Reigns with Kurt Angle. I like for Luther's entrance, he literally wheels Kurt to the ring. (laughs) That's a hell of an intimidating entrance, man. But this goes just over seven minutes, six minutes too long. long. Uh, Remember (laughs) when Luther Reigns was a thing, by the way? Like, just uh, I got to point that out. This was a weird era of SmackDown with a lot of people that they tried and failed. We're going to get two more of those before the night's over. But in the end, Luther hits some kind of move where he spin like he's got him in a dragon suplex or a dragon sleeper rather, and then he spins it into a face buster for a win. Yeah, uh, Uncle Dave gave it a star. I gave it a star and a half. It was, you know, there were moves that were done. What say you? I gave it one. Uh, not good. Believe me, not good. Bad. Speaking of not good. Word. <laughs> well, not speaking good. Of, uh, shitty. Good grief. <laughs> Uh, speaking of that, we now go backstage with JBL, who has a bull rope slung over his shoulder. JBL says that he guaranteed victory at Judgment Day and followed through with his promise. He said Eddie he Guerrero's. Did. He said Eddie Guerrero's only the champ still because he got himself disqualified, but he can't do that tonight. He says he's been vilified by the press and the people, and he's disappointed that he hasn't gotten a hero's welcome in a great American town like Norfolk. Yeah, you know, because when I'm naming great American cities, Norfolk, Virginia is always at the top of my list. Yeah. Uh, But he ends it all by saying that he guarantees he will become the WWE champion tonight. Foreshadowing, bro. But up next, it is Rey Mysterio versus not Eddie Guerrero. No, 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 no. It's even better. It's Chavo Guerrero for the cruiserweight title. By the way... This the 177th time on WWE television, by the way. Yeah. Well, we just covered uh, Judgment Day 04. So, what, within a month, we've got three new champions? Yep, hot potato. Like, good God, who could possibly give a crap at this point? So this goes just over 19 and a half minutes. At one point, Chavo reverses a Hurricane Rana attempt into a gory bomb, but Ray manages to kick out. Uh, minutes later, Ray hits a 619, but gets caught on a West Coast pop attempt, and Chavo it, turns it into a single leg crab after working on Ray's leg all match. The leg. Eventually, eventually, Ray turns another gory bomb attempt into a code red for the win. This was good, 
but not great. Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. I thought it was pretty entertaining towards the end. What say you? I gave it two. I'm just, I was just so sick of seeing this match in 04. Uh, yeah. I mean, if I never see the match again, I, I won't feel disappointed whatsoever. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, oh no, I got to see more of that. Like, then again, I've never said that about Chavo Guerrero ever. So there's that. <laughs> but we now see Tori Wilson in a USA bikini sitting in a hot tub. Hell yeah. But she's joined by Billy Kidman, Spike Dudley, and Funaki. The men wow, argue it's getting over, weird. <laughs> yeah, the men argue over who would have won if they were wrestling for the cruiserweight title. Tori then stands up and they all stop and stare. Tori says that she's got to prepare for her match and she walks off as Funaki says, God bless America. Yeah, I second that. They call him wrong? Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, like I said, I second that. So, But uh, up next is, I believe this is the match you were referring to as the who gives a shit match of the night. Yep. It is Kenzo Suzuki with Hiroko <laughs> taking on Billy Gunn just over eight minutes. This match had exactly four days of buildup and nobody gave a damn. I'm pretty Kenzo, sure that last one that you labeled the Who Gives a Damn match had less than that. Because it was it, made right there on, on TV, right there on the event. Right, yeah. So you had, this is the Great American Bash, everybody. The first time it's been back in four years. They're, uh, you know, SmackDown exclusive, you know, title matches, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but yeah, let's just make a thrown together Who Gives a Crap match on the show. And then this match that nobody gave a crap about when it happened on SmackDown. But let's repeat it, you know, four days later. <laughs> <laughs> it just shows they didn't give a crap about this show, man. But either way, Kenzo wins with a low blow that the blind ass referee didn't see, followed by a neck breaker off the knee. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it negative star. I gave it a star and a half. Let's say you. Ah, oh, star. Yeah. This would have been. I'm more entertained by daddy ass scissoring the acclaimed. All right. This is just he is more over than most of the damn uh, wrestling world right now. So, you know, when they let him on TV. Uh, yeah, he is. I mean, they're one of the hottest things. <sighs> Kenzo F and Suzuki. I will say this. He had a pretty cool entrance, but then that damn bell had to ring. <laughs> <laughs> but Hey, never bro, fear. You, nobody cares about them, bro. Well, hey, never fear, everybody, because here before long, they're going to team him up with Rene Dupree, because we all know that great, you know, France-Japan, you know, uh, partnership. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what the? Why? Bro, they're not Americans, bro. Dumb. But speaking of dumb, backstage, Paul Heyman is with Paul Bearer, who is strapped to a chair. Heyman says that everyone thinks Paul Heyman is bluffing, but if the Undertaker doesn't do the right thing tonight. He will fill the concrete crypt and kill Paul Bearer. Mm -hmm. Okay. You I want to point right out, everybody? by the way, they they never ever talk about what the right thing is. It's just implied. You never right. hear it. Yeah, until ever. the match, and then they're like, oh, you gotta lay down. It's like, so wait a minute, so this whole thing was just to make him lay down for the Dudleys? Kind of a lame yeah. payoff. It really was. Because I thought something bigger was coming. Do the right thing. And help, help them steal the tag titles or something. Nope. Just I've help, also, help them win. I, I've also got to point this out. That they have a match scheduled legally. Where 
the stipulation is if <laughs> a certain person loses, somebody dies. Hey, that's right up there with TNA putting child custody on the line in a cage match. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, WWE did it in a ladder match, so there you go. <sighs> yeah, but it's like at least, at, least, was, at the very least, both men had claimed to be in the father, though. So there's that. I, I, I don't know how that didn't happen on Maori, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, like, that one is incredibly stupid, whatever. But you're literally ending a life here. If you lose, you die. And what? I don't even know what to say. It's just... Ugh. But up next, it is... I feel is... like they brought him back for, like, nothing. To get a pop in the garden or something at 20. That was it. Yeah, and then they had no idea what to do with him after that. They're like, ah, crap. I will say I will blame some of that on. I think Pritchard said they had no idea how how bad a shape he was in when they brought him in. So it's, but I will say to that, then He's why not keep him around? Well, they said he had a hard time just getting around, like at all. Like he yeah, you can tell. Yeah, they at said WrestleMania he was so, at twenty, he took forever to get to the ring. So yeah, you can tell. Well, they said he was so big he couldn't really get up the stairs and in the ring anymore. So that's that's pretty sad. But I don't know. I think they offered to get him help, uh, and it just never really panned out. But unfortunately. But either way, up next it is this match. At least we have something good to look at while this is going on. But it is Sable versus Tori in six minutes six seconds. Look. Everyone hates this. The crowd, the crowd is. I, I don't know what you're talking about. This is the five star match of the night, right here. Good God! Until the bell rings. Well, the crowd is booing. Commentary is cracking jokes throughout the entire match. In the end, Sable plays possum. Schoolboy pins Tori, pulls her tights, and Tori's shoulders aren't even on the mat. But the referee doesn't give a damn and mercifully ends this one. Because the referees, like all of us, let's just get this over with. Yeah. Right. Have you Uncle ever seen Dave. two women that look like that? You want to say, get off, get off my TV right now? Have you ever right. said that in your life? <laughs> it's like, get out. Oh, man. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this negative star. I give it a star. Let's say you. One star. I probably should have given it a dud, but, you know. One star for the match. Uh, ten stars for the aesthetics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The backstage, the Undertaker raises his head and walks down a dark hallway for reasons. When we now go backstage and to why? Because he's taking that before we get to the ring or what? It's not like it's next. <laughs> well, yeah, it takes him that long to get to the ring. Gosh, why do you think they gave him a motorcycle? <laughs> <laughs> you know why, Greg? Because me, right? <laughs> he's like, OK, you're on at 740 you know, Pacific time. All right, I'm leaving right now. I'll be there soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we now go backstage to Don Marie, looking all the way live in a USA bikini, standing beside live, live, jacuzzi. live. Uh, he, she interviews Rene Dupree, who says that uh, he got cheated and will protest to get another match for the U.S. title. Oh yeah, uh, and I believe he does. Nothing says manly man like, I'm going to protest to get another title shot. Uh, but he then tells Don that French are better lovers than fighters and asks if she wants to see his French tickler. <sighs> God. 
The uh, the FBI. Yeah, you know, now, I never really blame a guy for shooting shot on that, but giggity. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> the FBI now comes in, and Nunzio says that if Dawn really wants to be impressed, she can take a look at his 15 inches. He then shows <laughs> off his huge foot and says, "You know what they say about guys with big feet?" Dawn doesn't get it because she's dumb, you see. Uh, and then she, she was ECW with him. You tell me she didn't walk in a locker room so often. Yeah, right. Like that is one prize hog you got there, Nunzio. But she finally gets it and then walks off with him. Johnny Stamboli then uh, comes up and asks Renee, "What are you? What size are you? A six? And then he laughs and walks away. The funniest part about all this, by the way, is uh, when they pan the camera down. Johnny Stamboli is wearing pants that cover his feet. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Yeah. Because they, they pan it down and you see his pants just go all the way to the floor. You don't see his feet at all. I'm like, uh, it's a little weird. But, uh, Styles used to make it a point to talk about his shoe size every night. Oh size God, 15 yeah. shoe. God bless his wife. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. Up next, it is... I guess we can throw this in there with another one of those who gives a shit matches in the night. It's Mordecai versus Hardcore Holly. Okay, so earlier, I should have corrected you, but I didn't. This is the one I meant. Not that uh, it wasn't okay. the other one, too, but yeah, this is the one I was talking about. So we get three in one night. Lucky us, man. And this is another one I think that was thrown on at the end. I don't think it was ever promoted. Uh, no, I think... The only thing they really said about it was that Hardcore Holly's been complaining that the locker room is soft and the young guys just aren't trained well anymore or something like that. So he's going to beat down all the young guys. I think that's literally the whole build to this. That is the whole thing I think was a play on Tough Enough. Yeah, I'm sure it was, but uh, this just sucked. But no. Holly starts off. Holly starts off by beating the piss out of Mordecai. I thought the new segment of the show was Greg Steaks the Obvious. Now you just stepping on my gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> hey, one of us has got to do it. But outside the ring, Mordecai throws Holly into his giant cross. In the end, Mordecai blocks an Alabama slam and hits a crucifix bomb for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a half a star. I, I call it, it a board toss. Uh, I gave it two stars. It was average, I, or slightly yeah. below average, I'd say. Let's say you. I gave it a one. Yeah, not great. Not good. Believe me, not good. And I wonder why Mordecai never got over. Maybe because of crap like this. Because instead of, I don't want to be one of those guys, but instead of the, what they should have done, they put him with Hardcore Holly, not The Undertaker. Or even Kane, for crying out loud. They did nothing to make us give a damn about him. Well, God dang it, the crowd doesn't blow when he comes out for his entrance. Like, no, because he's coming out to face who gives a crap, guys. This was, uh, uh, what's his name on ECW, right? Uh, Kevin Thorne, yeah. The real ECW on WWE, not the crap that Paul Heyman had. Oh, good God, shut the F up. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I stand by uh, calling Paul Heyman's crap, by the way, but. Yeah. Yeah, this, this was, uh, terrible. But we put we put Mordecai against people like Scotty Too Hotty and Hardcore Holly. I don't understand why people don't like him. <laughs> Good God. But we now get a commercial for SummerSlam, and they kind of make fun of the Olympics a little bit. And up next, it is... This is actually my match of the night right here, and I'm not being sarcastic. 
It is Eddie Guerrero defending the WWE title against John Bradshaw Layfield in a Texas bull rope match. It goes for 19 minutes. Maybe an unpopular opinion, but I've always liked bull rope matches. I don't know why. You're the one. <laughs> uh, well, me and Dusty Rhodes. I can say I've been at a Dusty Rhodes bull rope match. That was pretty cool. <laughs> now in the archives. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Dude, Cody needs to have himself a bull rope match, man. He kind of did in the Hell in Cell with Seth. Did they pull out a bull rope? He did. Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I know he had... his new his new defining moments figure from that that match comes with the bull rope. And I know he's he does uh, uh, put a hat on a hat. That... Right. I know he did that uh, dog collar match with uh, uh, Brody Brody Lee, but it's not the same. I mean, it's it's very similar, obviously. But like, come on, man, do do a, you're always putting out there how you're Dusty Rhodes' son or whatever. Do the damn bull rope. But anyway, JBL actually rides his limo out for his entrance for this one, and Eddie rides out in a shiny red lowrider. We get the reverse of what happened. We get the reverse of what happened at Judgment Day, where Eddie gets tossed over the announcer table, pops up with a chair, and swings for the fences at JBL's head. JBL gets busted open from it, but I, I believe JBL said to this day, like that was the hardest shot he's ever taken with that chair shot. Well, yeah, you see what part of the chair he effing hit him with? Mm-hmm. Like the damn top of it. I'm so tired of doing the only hitting in the backs of chairs. I'm sorry, you don't want to kill each other. Yeah. Uh, it's like if somebody could swing it well enough to hit him with the damn seat, and I don't know, maybe somebody puts their damn hands up. Like, you know, those two things right there would be it's still dangerous, obviously, but yikes. But anyway, JBL uh, gets busted open, but nowhere near as bad as Eddie got busted open a month ago. Once in the ring, JBL eats another chair shot, but he's still able to stop Eddie from touching all four turnbuckles. At one point, JBL throws Eddie off the middle turnbuckle and onto a commentator table, uh, which doesn't break. Because of that, he power bombs Eddie through the damn table. Had that WCW table strength, man. But after this, JBL drags Eddie into the ring and hits three turnbuckles, but Eddie holds him off and, uh, or Eddie holds him back, rather. Eddie eats a cowbell to the head. Or cowbell. cowbell. But still uh, holds JBL off and hits him in the gut with a cowbell. Well, because JBL had a fever, and the only prescription was more cowbell. To the gut. Uh, Eddie then touches three turnbuckles, and JBL follows him, touching the same turnbuckles. Eddie holds JBL back from the fourth, then blasts Which, him with the rope. By the way, rope. the announcers kind of gloss over. What? Him following him, touching him. Uh, they mentioned it. They're like, oh, he's right behind him. Uh, yeah, they, did, the but they gloss over it. Oh, he's, he's touching him, like, not like building it up. Hey, he's, you know, this should have been a big thing. And we're just like, yeah, it's, it's happening, whatever. Because huh. when I was watching this live, I remember thinking, oh, God, he's going to win because he's touching them all, too. Yeah. Well, he uh, he ends up blasting JBL in the back with the rope and the uh, the cowbell at the same time. And then he dives on him in the corner and touches the buckle. The ref declares that Eddie won, even though JBL touched the buckle first. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I actually gave it four. What say you? I too gave it four, even though I still think the first match was the match of the night. But yeah. yeah, this was... Uh, this is really damn good, especially when you grade it like the fact that it's also, a bull rope match. Also, I'm like, uh, and I know what you're about to say, what the next part's about to happen, but 
why also was his back enough to, to okay, you win because your back hit. I thought they had to be your hand. I mean, I know they never specified, but. Yeah, I was going to say, they never actually specified what part, and, uh, you know, and Kurt Angle's even going to say that. He's like, we never said that it had, you know, you had to touch it with your hand. So, I, I mean, that is true. I don't know how often that's ever been a thing, or if it has ever been a thing. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I I really don't know. Um, so, yeah, but either way, uh, the, the other thing with that is... Uh, you know, think about this. We just talked about how this was like Dusty Rhodes' specialty, and we're about to get a dusty finish here. So yeah, Dusty Rhodes pay review. Yeah, I know, right? It's it's the Dusty Trio. But Kurt Angle now gets wheeled out by Luther Reigns and says that as general manager, he needs to do the right thing. He shows a replay of the end of the match where JBL touched the buckle as Eddie dives on him, making him the winner. Angle then reverses the decision making JBL the winner and the new WWE champion. So my question is, whatever happened to the referee has the final decision. Oh, well, Gorilla soon passed away. That was his edict. Yeah. No, well, that was always like the thing. Even at WCW, they'd say that kind of stuff. Well, the referee has a final decision, whatever. But it's almost as if they're making this up as they go along. Me, right? <laughs> uh, I still but... understand why Eddie had like the, just laughable rain. That's what really pisses me off about it. And then this uh, idiot's been driving for almost a year. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he was WWE champ for, let's see, he won it, what, February? Yeah. March, April, May, June, so four months. And he never won it again. I mean, I will say, I I, I would say he, he, he was most likely going to win it again if he would have lived. Like, I don't think he would have never won the world title ever again. But I don't know. Either way. Yeah, but history uh, will remain. Like, his only one ever was laughable. Yeah, well, he didn't have a... He had, like, his match against Brock was, was good, and then his match against Angle was great. And then, yeah, he had these matches against JBL that were, like... I mean, they were good, but it was like, eh. Random as hell, though, too. It was like, why him? Well, because they can make JBL the racist, man. Like, well, and... You know, it's like, you know, Eddie wasn't actually born in Mexico, right? I know he's got the Mexican heritage and all that, but good grief. And then he carried that on to Rey Mysterio, because remember, he, he feuded with him. Mm-hmm. But after all this, JBL celebrates with the WWE title, and Eddie walks to the back, incredibly disappointed. Go back. Uh, and that takes us to our second-to-last break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the main uh, event. Yeah, there's more. Now, that wasn't it. Yeah, the meat potatoes not, come. Why did this not close the show? Like, good God. The only argument there is it's The Undertaker. Well, and, and I guess there was like, well, because we had to clean up after the con- concrete crypt, and it's like, and how do you keep the... See, well, no, this isn't, you can't use that when it's out there on the stage, nor near the ring. You can't use that then. You kind of lose the ability to use, say that, I think. Yeah, well, the other thing... I, it's like, well, this is WWE, so this argument doesn't hold up. But it's like, how do we continue the show when somebody just died? Like, uh, well, like, uh, well, somebody died for real, and he kept the show going. So, like, somebody dying for fake shouldn't throw things off. <sighs> hold on, though. Someone died. Someone died here in the arena. Owen didn't die in the arena. Apparently, the ambulance, right? Uh, yeah, technically. I, Am I, I using think... semantics here too much? <laughs> I don't know because the the argument is they're like, well, uh, he. Uh, I don't know if they really know because they were like, "Oh, he was he was dead. Like he's laying there. Like they're you know he was definitely dead." 
but I don't know. I, I I don't know how that one went. I don't know, and I don't want to know. Sad, but but if you would have just flipped the last two matches, also that would have added for some great comedy because it's like you know you go to commentary. Commentary. I think we just watched uh, witnessed the death of Paul Bearer. Oh well, can't mourn forever. Anyway, bull rope time. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Man. Oh man. Uh, but either way, you're ending the show on a low note. But this is an especially show low note. In history. That is correct. But anyway, we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, Concrete Crypt time. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. Yeah, here we go. Come on, Greg. I, I told you before, you got to get into it, man. You're a dick. Main event. <laughs> Uh, after everyone enters for the main event, Paul Heyman says that he's going to show The Undertaker what will happen if, to Paul Bearer tonight if The Undertaker doesn't do the right thing. And he dumps cement into Paul Bearer's crypt up to the top of Bearer's ankles. First of all, like this match went on. Well, let me just say it, it's the Dudley boys with Paul Heyman versus The Undertaker in a handicap concrete crypt match. The only one in history, thank God. And it went for 16 minutes, 42 seconds. Okay, so shouldn't it be the concrete crit match? Uh, you'd think, yeah. Something like that. But uh, this match goes on for over a quarter of an hour. Um, concrete starts to harden before that time. So, like, this would have been a big-time emergency <laughs> at this point, man. And nobody said... A damn thing. They're just like, ah, yeah, whatever. He can sit in it. Oh my God. But either way, getting into also, the actual did match. you look at the? Did you see Bear, dude? He was barely tied down, dude. Yeah, you can yeah, well, get right up. I mean, you see, like the the rope is like loose as hell around his wrists. Well, if he did get up, what was he gonna do? He was in a big glass box. So, so which which makes me ask, you said get up and box. <laughs> if he did get up out of that big glass box and he would have gotten out of it, would he have been over? Hell yeah! Come now, Cornette never specified. Cornette never specified it had to be a solid box. He never, or it could be clear. I mean, he never specified that. 
Yeah, I mean, it could be anything. <laughs> Good grief. Anyway, uh, yeah, this was something. I think Bruce Pritchard said that the concrete was made out of like a an oats mixture. Uh, he, he said he couldn't remember what all was in it, but he said it was, it was definitely a lot of like oatmeal. So, which makes sense. It was pretty chunky. It was all in this match. Crap. <laughs> right. Well, this is like really... a legend and two of the, and one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Yeah. Right. How can you and, go bad with that? And one of the greatest managers of all time. You're just uh, making it harder to bash on this match. Well, I'm going to not make it so hard to bash on this match because it's like when you have all that talent, how? Like, I will say that it takes talent to f*** this up. <laughs> so congratulations, I guess. I feel like this is the part where we need to remind everyone that Russo's not here. Yeah, right. Uh, we haven't hit that yet in the podcast. So yes, Vince Russo is not here. He is elsewhere at this time, ruining another company. But either way, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley grabs a mic and tells The Undertaker to show he's with them and lay down. Uh, uh, date night flashback. Uh, Undertaker, the Undertaker initially does, and Bubba stands over him, saying that he's been waiting for this moment his whole life. Prom night flashback. Um, Undertaker then goozles to Dudley's, and then the Dudley's <laughs> fight back, double teaming the Undertaker. Okay, so I'm going to throw some logic in here. At this point, hasn't he already violated what they wanted him to do? You said violated. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess. He's not yeah. doing the right thing by fighting back already. He's already... Well, know, already... well, as you and I pointed out, they never did specify exactly what the right thing was. Right. So, I mean, he could just... Maybe he's just a habitual line stepper. I don't know. He's, he's stepping over that red line. Hey, if you step over that one, I got another one for you. I don't freaking know. But... Whoever made this match was on lines. Yeah, right. Tony Khan? Good job. <laughs> Allegedly, jokester here. Yeah, hey, I I got the allegedly in there, so it's all good. But anyway, uh, when the Undertaker goes for old school, Paul Heyman starts to yell "bad dog" when pouring more concrete into Paul Bearer's crypt. The Undertaker starts. I don't know about you, man, but when he did that, it kind of scared me. I didn't hear it coming. Bad dog. What the hell? (laughs) I couldn't understand what the hell he was saying at first. I like I recognized his voice, but he was like. He, when he gets excited, he hits a, a pitch that only dogs can hear. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, what does he say? It took like three, four times. I'm like, oh, he's yelling bad dog. Okay. Uh, the Undertaker starts to walk towards Heyman and gets jumped by the Dudleys as Heyman pours more cement into the crypt. By the way, where was the referee with this one? Like, because wasn't the whole stipulation that... Uh, what was the stipulation? Like... I, I don't happened? know. Like, they never specified. If Taker wins, he doesn't die. But if the Dudleys do win, he does die. Or vice versa. I, I have no idea, dude. So there's no ref to regulate this. It's literally all up to Heyman. And yeah. This gets dumber the more layers he put onto it. None of it made any sense, dude. The, the freaking buildup from it started out of nowhere. Right. Like it I'm looked like, like the Dudleys were fighting with Paul Heyman, and like they stuffed Paul down the. Then they stuffed him somewhere. Like I forget what it was. Wasn't it down uh, the sewer? No, oh, well, they already done. They already did that with Paul Barron. Never mind. I'm thinking yeah. two things. They did something with him. Like oh, sorry, Paul. Then it sounded like, oh no, they put him in a trunk. Yeah, that was like it. we got Paul, and they made they just kept using the first name. 
Yeah. He just kind of came out of nowhere. And I'm like, why is Heyman feuding with Taker? Why are the Dudleys feuding with Taker? There's no explanation. I mean, I guess the Dudleys are feuding with them because they're with Paul and Paul's feuding with it. But like, why? Why is Paul? Why is Paul feuding with them? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, because he wanted the only thing like, and and the thing is, you shouldn't have to use your own uh, like reasoning here for it. But I I had to along the way, just make some sense of it. (laughs) Um, But I I was going to say, like, Paul wanted to control the Undertaker. That's the only thing I could think of. And but even that requires a why. Yeah, Be, well, because the Undertaker, like he thought he could do something great with the Undertaker, like he could make the Undertaker do his bidding. I guess, but he had no real thing going on for him to do bidding for. I don't <sighs> know. He wanted a client that could maybe he was going to make him win the world title for him or something. Be I, I don't. Yeah, I, like I said, we're trying to figure this out because there's no explanation. And that's not oh, good. So that soap opera writer's coming in for, right? Yeah. Well, because as we all know, no, uh, soap operas notoriously make a lot of sense. <laughs> They're known for their storylines that are just, you know, airtight. But Bubba Ray stops the cement from being poured in, saying that they can beat The Undertaker. Sure. Uh, Paul Heyman walks to the ring at one point, holding up the urn, thinking that he can control the Undertaker, but it doesn't work. Undertaker hits the tombstone on Devon for the win. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this a star. Like the actual match itself for a handicap, I gave two. Besides all the bull crap going on outside, oh, I gave it one. One solid. Yeah, it's well, it was a solid one. That's for sure. I took well, a solid. Actually, this is more like a a liquid, but you know, whatever. <sighs> But either way, uh, after the match, Paul Heyman says that since the Undertaker still cares about Paul Bearer, he won't and he won't do the right thing. It's up to Heyman to do the right thing, which makes me think like that almost sounds like, look, Paul Heyman isn't good for you or Paul Bearer rather isn't good for you. So we got to cut him out of your life. He's controlling you. So I'm going to do it because you won't. Again, I'm trying to add some something that makes sense to this damn thing. Maybe I shouldn't. And also, not to get too far ahead, I'm pretty sure this whole thing just ends after this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, I don't and, remember it continuing. No, it doesn't. Um, Undertaker goes right into the JBL, I think. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, there's no that follow-up made, to it either. <laughs> that pissed me off so bad, because Undertaker got, like, what, three, at least two, maybe three title shots. Every one of them got blown Three, like, you know, three, because there was a SummerSlam, No Mercy, and then the Fatal Four Way at Armageddon, I think. Yeah, like, dude, yeah. you just make the Undertaker, who's one of your biggest stars, look like crap. I think we've said multiple times on this show that he's never really been the guy. So there's that, right? But he's like arguably like the biggest star, or at least second biggest star. They got on SmackDown right now, and now nah, we're just gonna. Uh, we're going to f*** him over and over and over. And we're going to put him in convoluted things that don't even matter. And they make no sense. Well, the lights drop now, and lightning strikes the stage. Paul Heyman crawls away, screaming like a bitch as the Undertaker walks up the aisle. Paul Bear smiles and tells the Undertaker to save him. 
The Undertaker gets on one knee to do his salute to Paul Bearer as his theme hits. The Undertaker then stares at the cement truck, grabs a mic to say that he has no other choice, telling Paul Bearer to rest in peace. He then drops the rest of the cement into the crypt and leaves. Right. And before you ask, what the hell does that mean? Nothing ever, no consequence ever came. No pat on the back for doing it because he had no choice. So clearly you had a choice. Clearly you had a choice. Yeah, what was the choice? You don't do it and Heyman does it? Or you, like, what? (sighs) My head hurts. Yeah, and again, you know, I've this, got I've done calculus problems that are easier than this. <laughs> this could have look. Don't get me wrong; it, it was still would have been bad. But if they would have had even the slightest bit of explanation to this, like uh, Paul Bear is holding him back and controlling him, so he needs to cut him loose, something like that. But they Paul don't. has one of the Undertaker's kids or his wife hostage in the back. Yeah, well, like I could have done with like you know, it's like well. Paul Bear's back to ride your coattails and hold you back or something like that. Okay, and like Paul Heyman was trying to help him cut loose. Okay. <laughs> like Or, I, or hey, you do this and you get the title shot at SummerSlam. Nope. Yeah, something like no. that. No. Re- some kind of reward. <laughs> There's nothing. Absolutely nothing. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> Again, I gotta repeat. Means he did have a choice. <laughs> None of it made a lick of sense. It's uh, use a, to use a Larry the Cable Guy uh, saying, it's like wiping before you poop. It don't make no sense. Oh, uh, man. Gosh. But anyway, that mercifully ends this effing show. Uh, you know, I thought last week was the worst show we've ever done. This might be it. Yeah, well, hold on to your nuts there, man, because <laughs> this is something. And we don't even know what's coming next week. Uh, <laughs> Maybe even more. Yeah. Do we know what's coming next week? Uh, we don't. Sorry, because, you, uh, yeah. Well, because anybody that uh, was wondering, like, if, if anybody listens to our wrap-up at the end of the show, first of all, God bless you. Second of all. Yeah, um, thank you. Right. So I did it again. Um, <laughs> uh, I had booked WCW's Great American Bash for this week, uh, or from 2000. And we've already done it. That's now in the archives. So if you want to go listen to it, uh, it's there. Uh, so we just moved this one up so we'd have something to record. But Also, I yeah. have a new reason to... Uh, I guess partially it's on me. I should remember too. But I have a new reason to want to kick TJ's ass because maybe watch this crap again. Yeah, man. Hey, <laughs> you should be thanking me, all right? This was clearly good crap, pal. <laughs> Anyway, uh, but we're going to take our final break. No, WrestleMania 9 was good crap. Okay? This was bad. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But on the other end of this break, we're going to tell you uh, our final ratings for all of this, and we'll figure out what's coming up next week for Double Main Event Week. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. 
You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Muddy 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUpSports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings time, y'all. Everybody hated it, man. I know that's not a shocker. But Internet Movie Database gave this thing 4.7 out of 10. It's like saying everybody hates prison. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> uh, cagematch.net gave this 2.97 out of 10. Yikes. Uh, I gave it a 6 out of 10. Straight F. Let's say you. F minus. Like a, yeah, this thing. Like a 1 out of 10. There's... <sighs> yeah, Man. this thing This thing sucks. Uh, I didn't this give it any... been, This would have been a semi-decent episode of SmackDown right here. Also, I want to point yeah. out, that's why this show slacked, because... Brand-specific pay-per-views were just bad all around. Most of them, yeah. I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I know there were a, a couple of decent ones, but uh, I can't think of any off the top of no, my head. No, like, I mean, I'm biased to that, but that was good. Yeah, uh, that was pretty good. Can't think of any others, though. <laughs> but, yeah, if anybody else out there, it, honestly, I would love suggestions if people are like, oh, well, this brand-specific pay-per-view is good. Uh, let us know. Bad Blood 2003, which was the very first brand specific, I believe. That was a pretty good one. By the way, oh, uh, did you... three. That might be the best one ever. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, this show absolutely sucked a high hard one. Uh, I, I, I mean, that's stating the obvious again, but there we go. Next week, though, we, we did. Do we have a? Do we have a bonus for for June? We do actually. Uh, what we got coming up. The next week, if anybody doesn't know, is double main event week. You get two shows for the price of one, and you pay nothing. So there you go. Real value for your dollar. Double your money. Uh, exactly. Uh, on June 21st, next Wednesday, we bring you, uh, we promised the WCW Bash, uh, Great American Bash. This one is actually 10 years before the last one that we were saying. And, and actually one, good. Yeah, and this one's a good one, actually. Uh, Greg picked this one out. It's WCW Great American Bash 1990. This will wash the taste out of the la- of the last two weeks out of your mouth. So there's that. This is one of my all-time favorite moments in wrestling history. Yep, when Sting, I was a kid. Sting finally wins the big one, wins the world title. Uh, Vader debuts. 
It's Mark Calloway's, or uh, excuse me, me Mark Callis's final match ever in WCW, uh, or at least yeah, final pay per view. Yeah, right. So <laughs> a big, big show here. Lots of history. So uh, we will cover that next week on June 21st. The bonus show is NWA TNA's first anniversary show from 2003. I told you we'd cover something from the asylum. Here you go. <laughs> so yeah. that uh, there are two guys on the show that are currently on active uh, AW roster. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, well, well, there's oh Jeff Jarrett and Sting. Yep. I was gonna say I believe they're in the same match too. I haven't watched this yet. So. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a tag match. So that would be uh, let's see. Not, it's kind of a spoiler because I believe, if I remember correctly, this is Sting's surprise debut. Oh really? I, well, I believe so. If I remember right, I'll, I'll hold how me about that. that. I'm assuming that match is good because it's Jeff Jarrett and Sting versus AJ Styles and Six Pac. So uh, all those guys can go. It's a safe bet. Yeah, we got uh, Triple X of Christopher Daniels and Elix Skipper taking on America's Most Wanted. That should be good. Never go wrong with that. Ever. Chris Saban defending the X Division title against Paul London. That should be pretty good. Uh, The opener is some bullcrap six-man tag nobody gives a damn about. Uh, New Jack takes on Mike Sanders. Excuse me, above average Mike Sanders. I guess below average New Jack. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Just incredible versus Jerry Lynn should that could be interesting or well, I mean, it's, it was uh, like five years prior. So, OK, well, I'm going to spoil it for you. It's going to suck because it goes under three minutes. So there you go. <laughs> and then uh, Kenzo Suzuki, we get to talk about him again because he's taking on Perry Saturn. And you want to oh, talk about boy. <laughs> you talk about throwing some names in a hat and pulling them out at random, man. Here you go. <laughs> but, so you make it to the, in the office, right? Yeah, right. Uh, this well, those what, get it. That's the alleged allegedly how he made the tough note brackets. Oh, are are you setting me up? Allegedly. <laughs> there you go. Uh, this took place on June eighteenth, two thousand three. If anybody goes to the Impact Wrestling YouTube page, if they want to watch this thing, it is oops, it is just titled uh, TNA Wrestling's first anniversary full show NWA TNA pay per view number fifty. So there you go. It's uh, it's uh, about an hour 51 minutes long. So not a terribly long show, but it'll make for an interesting bonus, I would say. Uh, also, we're wrapping up the month. More WWE. I don't I don't know if we ever covered a Money in the Bank before, but we are covering Money in the Bank 2018. I take that back. We have definitely done Money in the Bank before. Uh, we did 2011 was the only other one we did. Yeah, dude, going, going forward, whenever you say, I don't know if we did something, you better check. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm checking it now. Uh, Money in the Bank 2011. We covered that one. Now in the archives, uh, this will course, be because everybody covers that, of course. And it did get us good numbers, so I don't regret it. <laughs> but yeah, so that no is coming regrets. up. Closing no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> that is closing out June for us. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. An asshole for doing this to me. And we will see you all next week. The show that Greg has actually picked out with LDCW Great American Band. I'm trying to show him how to do it, folks. 1990. And next Friday for the bonus show, it's NWA TNA's first anniversary show of 2003.